When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing well on this Thursday. It is already our week six team of the week. LJ, how are we six weeks into the season? I don't know, Brandon. We're, I mean... The first season's almost over. We're talking about eleven days till Memorial Day. Yeah, we're in the we're in the twelve days of Memorial Day already. We completely missed it. And LJ, not only that, but I was just doing a little standings check in by myself this morning, and there's teams that have already played forty games, which is more than twenty percent of the season. Just that's just, okay. Um, how? Just in a blink of an eye. I don't know. Well, maybe episode 300 was almost a week ago. And it, it's weird because, you know, I mean, I'm certainly I'm certainly plenty busy right now. But it feels maybe it's because we're on a normal person's schedule this year. We're not nocturnal animals like we were last year. It feels a little more manageable. It feels like time's flying by a little more. And it's not as grueling a grind. As it was, but you're right, it's going by way quicker than it did last year. I felt like, again, that first month took a very long time. It felt like three. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, week six, team of the week. 
Let's jump right into it. If you don't know the drill, we run through pitcher, catcher, you know, all the way down the list. One, one through ten. One through ten, um, as they appear in, as if you were scoring a baseball game. LJ, we agree on the pitcher, and it's someone from the Boston Red Sox, so I'll let you tell us about his week. Um, before we jump in, we did have one more programming thing. Um, yeah, so t- today, of course, we're not talking about much. We'll get into all of the – basically all of the headlines from the last three days as we had our talk with Matt VC from Philly's Bell yesterday. Didn't get into too much. Definitely go check that out. Brandon, you had a good time recording that one, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the – the amount of insight that he brought on the Phillies was much needed because it was a team that, you know, we, LJ and I both struggled to rank on the power rankings week after week. And now hearing from a fan's perspective, someone who's as, um, you know, involved with that team as he is, um, it certainly makes me feel a little better as my, uh, in terms of my understanding of how the Phillies are doing this year. Yep, and then Sunday night, rather than our normal programming, we are going to have a sit-down with Brian from the Injured List podcast, one of our Belly Up Sports friends, will now be becoming a friend of MLB Daily. He'll be sitting down to talk through some of the more major injuries, what's going on, what he thinks the outlook is, and really how that affects the team, fantasy teams, wherever wherever that conversation might go. To be honest, we haven't worked with anyone who's injury focused before. So I, I really have no clue where this conversation is going to go. I'm just kind of interested to see where it, uh, where it ends up. But Brandon, you were talking about a Boston Red Sox getting in at the top spot, the pitcher spot, a spot that I didn't think we'd be seeing many Red Sox this year, but Nick Pavetta has more than earned the week, week six player of the week spot, two starts, Two earned runs, I believe two wins or win in a no decision. Definitely got the win yesterday as that was the staple piece of the whole thing as he throws a complete game two hit, two hitter, excuse me, not shut out, two hitter against the Houston Astros, a very good lineup that's really starting to finally get into form. I mean, they just took Nathan Ivaldi deep five times in one inning the night before. Then he turns around and two hits them and I'm sorry to say this. This is going to sound kind of homery, but that 100% should have been a complete game two-hit shutout. That is absolutely BS. Like, he worked too hard to give up a home run on that at-bat. Jose Altuve hits a leadoff homer. First at-bat of the game, he gets taken deep after 10 pitches. No one deserved that. No one. Well, and it was nice that he was able to to settle in after the home run. I mean, clearly, and more than settle in. This was a pretty easy pick in terms of the the pitchers this week. He's the only pitcher who throws more than fourteen innings. It looks like on the week, um, and when you go two and zero, you have a one point one three ERA. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, I mean, uh, Garrett Cole was like another guy I was thinking about. He has thirteen in the third innings. He goes two and zero on the week, um, but with a much higher ERA at three point three eight compared to the one point one three from Nick Pivetta. So yeah, um, pretty easy pick here at pitcher. 
Absolutely. Let's go ahead and swing on over to catcher. Brandon, what are we, what are we looking at here? LJ, we're going with the old Yankee, Gary is scary, Sanchez. Uh, six games this week. You're talking three home runs, eight RBIs, uh, a walk rate above 10%. Uh, you know, you're talking a slugging percentage in the 900s, well over a 1.3 uh, OPS. Uh, just a great week for him, and this is what the uh, whole uh, Gary Sanchez experiment is about, is him literally just having these weeks where he cannot get out and hits a home run every other game, which is literally what he did this week. Yeah, you know, this is a really strong strong performance by Gary. I ended up going in a different direction. I went with Kiebert Ruiz of the Washington Nationals, who also had an outstanding week finishes with 0.4 war and a positive defensive uh, runs above average slashes 316 480 421 if it had if it had to be talked about the difference between these two guys I mean Gary certainly offensively has everyone beat by a mile three home runs eight RBIs but Ruiz fantastic defensive week compared to an average week for Gary and the amount that Kiebert Ruiz walked was ridiculous. We're talking about a 20% walk rate to an 8% strikeout rate. That's not something you see in the league anymore. A good week is when you're talking about a guy who walked more than he struck out by like a very small margin. No, I mean, usually when you, when you see the guys, we're usually happy these days with the top guys walking maybe 15, 16% of the time and striking out 20. And the weeks that they do, get the walks above the strikeouts you're talking something like 12 percent to 11 percent. this is a 12 point swing between walks and strikeouts that's that's terrific it certainly is and uh kiebert ruiz is my my catcher on my fantasy baseball team uh, and also lj has thrown out the most runners uh trying to steal this year i believe he's already thrown out 10 guys um just really good young catcher that I can't wait to see uh, how he evolves in this league. He's only 23 right now. He's already got himself a full war in just 30 games. Um, and we have not seen um, at least the offensive production that we've, we've heard about with him. So, um, you know, young guy, I think he could turn into like I don't even know like what's a good comparison. Maybe like a Wilson Contreras type. Is that a good comparison? That's an interesting spot. Honestly, better defender than Wilson Contreras. Yeah. But like hitting-wise, I think he could get yeah. up to that kind of level for sure. He, he definitely get up there, there hitting-wise. Again, we're talking about – we're expanding on Wilson Contreras with this guy. That's how highly we clearly think of him based on what he's been able to do so far. It's also very fair to say that he's probably the best thing going for Washington right now. Yeah. In terms of, in terms yeah. of the future. You know, we'll talk about it tomorrow. But if, yeah, but no, it, right. We talked about this yesterday during our quote-unquote production meeting. It was really just us randomly talking about stuff. We didn't even get into some of the NBA stuff that we thought we would during our lunch yesterday. But um, – we got going about Juan Soto, who is most likely going to be on his way out of Washington, it sounds like, in the near future. If he goes, Josh Bell goes, you're talking about the young, young core, and he is by far the best that they've shown so far. 
Absolutely, and I can't wait to talk. Uh, whether it's tomorrow, yeah, probably tomorrow, where we'll be, be able to touch on the Soto stuff um, in much more yes. detail. It'll be Soto, Royce Lewis check-in day, yep. and Matt Harvey. Beautiful. All right, well, LJ, uh, first base, I believe you're going to the NL West with a guy that I had always thought was super underrated. Yeah, we're going with Christian Walker here of the Arizona Diamondbacks, continuing to help this team just really make an impressive stand, generally holding themselves in good regard and good form for the most part this year. This has been a tough, this has been a tough stretch this last week, but he certainly hasn't been the reason that they have been down. He slashes 320, 393, 680 with three home runs and five RBIs, just all around solid, solid week for him. And that certainly helped out this Arizona squad. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Christian Walker's a guy who, uh, he just rakes, honestly. He hits a lot Mm. of home runs, um, has always been a pretty productive hitter, and he's making up uh, for his lackluster 2021 with uh, quite a great start uh, in 2022. First base I'm going with is Paul Goldschmidt. you know, his stats, the last seven games, you're talking three homers, nine RBIs, seven runs scored with a 400 batting average. But he also went deep today, so that's not even counted in this in these stats here. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt really starting to pick it up, uh, especially because he is on my fantasy team. He's had a slow start, um, at least for Paul Goldschmidt's standards. Finally starting to get back to... Uh, you know, what he was doing in 2021, which was his best MVP finish since 2018. So, um, yeah, I think that Paul Goldschmidt and Arenado, probably the best, I don't even think you need to argue, it's the best uh, corner infield duo in the league. And um, here's here's Goldie just showing it uh, once again. LJ, he also does not age. I mean, he's 34, and he's been the same player his whole career. It's amazing. It, it really is. You know, he's just decides to prove now again, now and again, that he keeps, he keeps coming back for more. And he's the type of guy it's like Joey Votto. I mean, I know for both first baseman, that's probably not the greatest comparison or maybe it is because of the position, but it's one of those things where you can't stop betting on them until one full season of them actually being done. Like, you can look at the age, you can look at the peripheral numbers, but somehow they always manage to figure it out. They always manage to get the job done and look really, really good by come the season's end. And it's just, it's nothing changes. You know, you're not going to be able to really, I'm not willing to sit, be out on Paul Goldschmidt until I see a full year of him being bad. Just like I'm not willing to be out on Joey Votto until I see him get through his summer months. Because once he gets to the summer, all of a sudden, he's going to look like a completely different player. You're talking about maybe a 120 OPS plus guy once he gets through the full season, no matter how bad he performs in April. Over to second base. Sorry, Brandon, did you have something else to add? No. Nope. Over to, se- to second base. This one was a tough one. I ended up going with Whit Merrifield over Jazz Chisholm. Um, really was, again, splitting hairs here. Merrifield goes 314, 342, 457 with one home run and eight RBIs, two stolen bases on top of that. It was, again, very close. 
Jazz Chisholm with a 650 slugging percentage really, really made me want to lean that way. But at the end of the day, it also comes down to what was really going on that wasn't like fully executing and translating into team success here for Jazz Chisholm because he slugs much better than Whit Merrifield, ends up with only three runs and three RBIs compared to Whit Merrifield's six runs and eight RBIs. Sure, the stolen base and the base running of Whit Merrifield bridges some of the gap that not having that power does. But at the end of the day, it shouldn't have been that much. It It's clear, clear to me that Whit Merrifield had the better week. I'm going with um, Brendan Rogers of the Rockies. Uh, just because it's it's like a kind of a feel good story here. So this is a guy who heading into this week, LJ was hitting 169, 222, 318, or excuse me, 241, 241 slugging. So his we're talking about an OPS uh, under 500, and he comes into this week. Raises his OPS from 463 to 622 in one week. He uh, goes, you know, he's got eight RBIs in six games, 423 batting average um, across those games. Uh, You're talking about an over 200 weighted runs created plus, the best out of any second baseman for this week. And, um, yeah, you know, Maybe this is finally the time where we see a Brendan Rodgers fully start to turn it on because this was a very highly touted prospect in the Rockies system for a long time, and we just haven't seen him put it together, similar to Joe Adele on the Angels. Yeah, this is a really good, again, feel-good bounce back, and this is why we, this is part of why we wait till Memorial Day to judge anybody too harshly, right? Because he didn't certainly didn't have the best best april but all of a sudden a good a good week in may really changes the tone of your season it changes your stats clearly it's not it's not just a mental thing it's a factual physical thing with that but brandon do you want to take over to start third base absolutely lj at the hot corner we're going with Raphael Devers of the Red Sox, one of the easier choices from this past week. Uh, I mean, a 480 batting average in 26 plate appearances. Uh, you're talking about a 1,000 slugging percentage. Um, just far and away was the best hitting third baseman this week. The strikeout rate was way lower than a guy like like Bobby Witt, who I thought about choosing, and LJ certainly thought about choosing. Um, but just overall, another great week for, for Devers and, you know, those three guys on the Red Sox, Bogarts, Devers and JD Martinez, I believe they're still all in the top 10 when it comes to batting average in the league. So, um, certainly no, no issues with any of those three so far this year. Is that right? No, this has been again, terrific. They're, they, they have been the entire offense comes right there. And this Raphael Devers, this last two-week stretch has been ridiculous. I only have his um, last seven seven days stats here, but still slashing 480, 1,000. The 1,000 slugging percentage is amazing. But he's been even better than that, in my opinion, over the entire course of this 12-game hitting streak, which ranks third in the league right now 
behind Vladdy Jr. and Luis Robert are tied for second. And then J.D. Martinez has his 18-gamer going at the top of that list. So that just goes to prove the middle of this order. The middle of this order is alive and well, and it's a sight, it's a sight to behold. I'm really glad that I got to take Rafi this week. Well, LJ, it's shortstop. I believe we went the same way, but we're not going to go too in-depth on this guy because we have our scheduled check-in from 10 days ago, which is uh, for tomorrow, but LJ, take it away. Yep, we went with Royce Lewis of the Minnesota Twins. He slashed 318, 348, 727. And again, we'll talk about it more tomorrow he is so far everything that he was supposed to be all that time ago when they picked him i mean the power's there glove certainly seems to be there and you saw glimpses of the power but he hadn't translated it to home runs until this week and the home runs he hit were absolute shots yeah i mean we were talking about the carlos correa injury and i remember just saying like all right it's royce lewis time and that was 10 days ago uh and now we have the check-in tomorrow on him and lj and i like after i said that we said hey like let's check in in 10 days how is royce lewis doing well it's and it's really like it's not only 10 days for him but it's 10 days for the team to figure out what to do with him obviously for anyone who's at all in touch with the twins they've already decided what they're doing with him but we'll we'll rip into that decision later um as for left field, if we're ready to go there, I opted for Mark Canna. He has he has 0.4 WAR this week while slashing 333, 478, 667. This guy's just I can't help but be happy watching this guy because it's just such a technically sound player. You're talking two home runs, seven runs scored in that great offense. And the reason he gets all those runs scored is because all he does is walk. The dude is a walk machine. He is ultimately what you're expecting for walk to strikeout guy. This is honestly, this is more on par. This is more of a realistic line for a high walk, low strikeout guy than Kiebert Ruiz is 13% to 8.7%. That five point gap. That's terrific. That's, that's something you're going to be really excited about most weeks. Not the, uh, 12, the ridiculous 12-point spread between uh, Kiebert Ruiz. Yeah, and Mark Canna is a guy that we've seen the walk rate be as high as 15% for his career. So this is right on par with what he's done um, across his entire career. I go with Jordan Alvarez here uh, for the second week in a row. Uh, dude has just turned it on lately. Uh, you, you know, you're talking four more home runs this week, six RBIs, uh, you know, an, an OPS over a thousand. And this is just a guy who is so underrated. I think doesn't nearly get enough talk of being one of the best pure hitters in the league. And Season after season, he's just shown. I mean, look from from when he won the AL Rookie of the Year in 2019, where he had crazy stats and not a lot of games. You see him kind of fully put it together last season, and he's just uh, carried it right over. Certainly one of my favorite players to watch hit. Um, And I always think about, what if the Dodgers didn't trade him? I mean, if you you, you had 
Jordan Alvarez to that lineup last year instead of like someone like Albert Pujols. Oh my lord! It would have been oh that would have been unheard of. And thinking about thinking about the fact that we're talking about him, I'd probably give him the fourth best DH in the league right now. It's crazy. You're talking about a t- you're talking about at minimum a top five DH in the league, one of the best pure hitters in the league at 25 years old. He's a top 10 pure hitter in the league, like easily for me. Like, um, I'd have to think about that a little more before I go, because again, there's a lot of we're, if I'm if I'm putting him four right now, without considering position players, that's without considering Trout, that's without considering Judge, that's without considering Harper, because I'm not really counting him a DH as like a full time position, even though he'll be DHing for the considerable future. Um, Wait, who's your three DHs? Otani, um, Otani, Stanton, and Martinez. Okay, interesting. I don't know where I would put J- JD. I think I might put JD a tad behind Alvarez just because of the struggles that he had last year. But LJ, you see, I th- LJ knew he was going to bounce back. Is the thing LJ told everybody that JD's twenty twenty and then his twenty twenty one where he struggled a little bit. It wasn't typical JD Martinez. LJ knew at some point he'd be back. That's in that. Yeah, because this dude is. I'm willing to say, it's close, but. He's the smartest hitter in baseball. And it's it's a two-horse race for that, I think, because I'm literally trying to decide between J.D. Martinez and the guy who taught him a lot of what it is that makes him such an intelligent hitter, Miguel Cabrera. But, Brandon, do you want to move over to center field? Yes. LJ. Oh, actually, I had one more point on Jordan, um, and I just realized I never actually got to there. My bad. Yeah, no, I just, I, I feel bad because I wish I could get him in here, but he's almost too consistent for his own good. You know what I mean? Like he never, he never really goes off. He's just consistently top five. And, you know, I'm not going to be able to get him in because of the defense in left field. And I'm never seeming to be able to get him in as DH because somebody just has like a ridiculous week and I'm not able to sl- slide him in there. All right, center field, I'm going with Aaron Judge. Once again, just a fantastic week. Uh, you're talking four more homers, eight RBIs. Uh, I believe he has 14 home runs on the year now, leading the MLB, uh, a 14% walk uh, rate. And just right now, uh, AL MVP front runner. And we had the same conversation. And tw- I think this is, Aaron Judge is a guy that a lot of people forget. Last year in April, um, LJ, we had conversations about Aaron Judge being potential front runner for AL MVP. At points in the 2020 season, there was talk about Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge for AL MVP. Uh, 2019, if he stays healthy, he's in MVP contention for sure. Because you're talking about a almost six war player and almost in only a hundred games that year. Um, and of course, 2017, he comes second in MVP. Just the consistency with him is what is so important. And what a lot of people fail to realize um, with, with Aaron judge is that when he's been healthy, there has not been like a cold streak with him or even like a cold season. 
No, I don't think there's a cold season. I just we have to, we have to understand and like especially so we can appreciate it. This is the best season. This is the best. How many games has he played? Thirty. Um, this is the best thirty-five games we've ever seen out of Aaron Judge. Ooh. This is the best version of Aaron Judge we've had. Contract Judge is a different animal, and yeah, I I think he needs to be this animal to be an MVP contender because. I still will say the defensive value isn't nearly what it used to be. And I'm fine with that. I accept that because in order for the defensive value to be what it can be, he's playing less games. Like it's clear, even when he plays center, he's playing a lot more center this year than he ever did before. It feels like, but at the same time, he's still not near. He's overly cautious because they need him to protect himself out there while still providing some sort of value Overall, his defensive ability has fallen flat because the range isn't the same when you're trying to protect yourself. But either way, he's just, when he turns into this type of hitter, it's impossible to ignore the value he's bringing at the plate, even if he only has the mediocre on the other side. Like, I guess what I'm saying is you can't tell me that all of the other AL MVP candidates don't provide more defensively than him if he was doing a normal Aaron Judge season. Sure. I know. No, no, no. I'm I'm probably, are you saying that because you don't agree? Or are you saying that because I'm getting into a tangent that doesn't need to have? Like a little of both, but like, I don't know how much I agree with that statement. Um, I mean, we can certainly sit here and talk about it, but. um... Last year, last year, even this year, actually, defensively, are you taking Aaron Judge or Mike Trout? I mean, I I'd have to like look at stats. Like, I don't know. I mean, Judge is Judge is pretty solid in the field. Uh, oh, I, I agree. If you watch so, the I, games. If you watch I mean, the games, Judge is is very solid in right field. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm just saying there, there is a drop off. There was a drop off from him being a 93rd percentile outs above average guy in 2019 to being a um 30 percent last year and a 60 percent this year. Yeah, no, you're the range you're right. is different. I, I respect yeah. that because he's able to provide more by being on the field. It's just when you're doing when you're doing comparable stuff to everyone else, I think the defense kind of has to come up. Like last no, year, that, that's fair. That's fair. I would have. I would take Buxton. I would take Trout. I would take Ramirez all over him defensively. Okay, no, that's that's an absolute fair take. Um. Let's see what we got. Right field. Uh, LJ, you're going back to the NL West with one of our guys. I am going back to the NL West with Mikey Yaz. Mikey Yaz, come up and take on your trophy. Accept it. Give us your speech. This dude goes, gets half award this week, slashing 389, 500, 778. And during that time, walks as much as he strikes out. Drives in seven runs, scores seven himself. Again, really strong week at the office. I'm blanking on what the Giants have really been doing in terms of record in total. Seven and three over the last ten. You know that 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 I'm sure is a big reason, big part of why. And I and that's seven and three in their last ten after they were going through a bit of a rough stretch there. If you very rough stretch. 
remember. So nice to see them bounce back. Uh, in right field, I'm going with Cole Calhoun of the Rangers. Uh, I don't know how you couldn't pick him here. I mean, I like what a Mikey Yaz did this week, but almost every stat, uh, Cole Calhoun beats him, LJ. We're talking <laughs> four homers, nine RBIs, which is both better. Uh, you're talking a batting average of 478 on base of 552, slugging of 1.174, a WOBA of 682. All those stats are better than than Mikey Yaz. Um, I think it's just because... What, of, what stats are they not, is he not better in, Brandon? The defensive value, Mikey, or Mikey Yaz was just barely positive with a 0.0 value. Cole Calhoun, negative 0.5. It doesn't matter, LJ. Cole Calhoun put up a full war... He is my player of the week this week. No, no, you know, no question about it. Uh, Cole Calhoun raked this week. I, I respect. I respect the pick. I just have standards. DH, we went the same way, right? Yep. Bryce Hopper. Marcus Ma and Bryce Hopper walk into a bar. A bar. Uh, yeah. Bryce Harper, really good. I mean, three games, and you're talking, what was it, point, what was the war he put up? Point, point uh, eight war eight. in three games. Three homers and 15 plate appearances, eight RBIs. Yeah, uh, yeah he's yeah. okay, LJ. He doesn't need uh, no no Tommy John surgery. Yeah, that's that's the part you're, okay, you're bearing the lead here. He put up a point eight war week with a torn UCL. Dude's kind of a freak. Again, he's always been a freak, but this is like next level stuff right here. Unbelievable. LJ, how's his walk to strikeout rate? It looks pretty good to me. Walk to strikeout is looking really, really nice right now. That nice six percent, that six point swing, is looking very nice. Well, I gave my player of the week, uh, Cole Calhoun. LJ, who you going with? I'm going with Rafi Devers. Again, next level stuff. This guy's been putting up. I want to see it keep cooking. Get me 13 games. Get me 14 games. Get me 15 games hit streak. We love it. We like it. We love it. We want some more of it. Absolutely. Well, um, I believe that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. As always, we'll be back tomorrow to break down everything that happened in the MLB. We'll see you. See you manana. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.